0: Hello, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Arab American. I would really like to apologize because of the last couple of weeks. I was feeling really under the weather and I actually lost my voice. So that's why I didn't let out the episode earlier. But how about we jump right into this week's topic, which is albinism in the Middle East? This week, we have another special guest and a good friend of mine, Abdullah Hassan, a University of Georgia graduate and a psychologist in training. Abdullah is an Egyptian and moved to the states when he was 14. He is hands down one of the most knowledgeable and interesting friends I have ever made while living in Athens, and has had some interesting experiences being an Egyptian Albino. Speaking about albinism in the Middle East is actually kind of hard. I mean, almost no numerical data exists, and that could be because of one of two reasons. The first being that there are not enough people responding to studies that we cannot create a percentage or a chart with data. The second reason is that the people with albinism in the Middle East and North Africa may also be overlooked to the point where no one cares to do studies on Arabs or North Africans with albinism. Some of the clinical studies predict that people with albinism reside mainly in Algeria, Egypt, Iran, Jordan, Morocco, and Tunisia. Although none of these countries keep official statistics on the number of people with the condition, it has been found that some children affected in these regions are affected by mainly bullying and lack of educational opportunities. So, because of some of the information I found regarding the mistreatment of Arabs with albinism in the Middle East, I wanted to know if Abdullah ever experienced any sort of bullying.
1: Yeah, so uh, so being albino comes with um, comes with a lot of different factors to it. <clears throat> First of all, people don't know what that is. People just assume you're you know white and they don't know why you're white. Uh, people think you dyed your hair or they 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 just look at you a lot um and so people are curious and so um people are afraid of what they don't know and so sometimes you get afraid looks like some people look at you and be like oh my god and other times they look at you and they're like what the fuck is that and uh and sometimes (coughs) sometimes they look at you and sometimes they make fun of you, and all that stuff, and, uh, and you have to deal with all those reactions. And um, But one thing's for sure is, when I walk into a room, I capture everybody's attention for at least the first 10 minutes.
0: Although there may be a higher population of people affected by Ombudism in the US, Abdullah is also an Egyptian, which automatically puts him in a double minority stance. I asked Abdullah if he ever got made fun of in the U.S. as a kid since he first moved to Georgia when he was 14.
1: Being albino and Arab in the States. Um, yeah, it's it's mostly people had the same reactions um, in the U.S., um, although they were a little bit more, um, you know, I guess, open minded. Um like in in, in in the Arab world, you mostly get negative reactions. In the US, you can have people be like, oh my God, you're so beautiful. You know, stuff like that. Uh, being Egyptian is mostly how I've experienced it. Um, Egyptian and albino is it was a good thing. Oh, look at you, you're so rare. You know, everybody, um, whenever I told people, uh, <clears throat> I'm from Egypt. They're like, oh my God, it's so cool. And then they show their ignorance. You know, do you all do you have cars in Egypt? You know, do you have? And so that's how I found out that people in the US know nothing about the outside world. Zero. Um, and I knew it was the education system when my teacher, you know, told me one day, you know, you had to change your style a lot to, to look like that. I'm like, no, lady, all, all my clothes were from Egypt. It was, I was two weeks in. Um, so the impact that it had on me is I mainly got a lot of attention.
0: Abdullah briefly mentioned that he experienced some negative attention in the Middle East. And I was wondering what sort of attention that was portrayed in.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> so negative attention in the Middle East mostly, um, it, mostly it mostly manifested itself in, uh, in, in bullying. So people were like, people would make all kinds of jokes. Oh, uh, Santa Claus is here. Um, oh, uh, you know, Snow White is here. Um, oh, you know, uh, all kinds of jokes, all kinds of jokes. And they throw it at you. And of course, me being ang- the already anxious uh, I am, I did not really appreciate that. So we, you know, we'd fight a lot, um, almost like, Every week, probably, <laughs> something like that would happen. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, and then you grow, and then that those were mostly in school. Outside of school and stuff like that, uh, in school, people get used to you. You know, people see you, they get used to you. It's a, you know, it, it fades away, you get used to the fighting and the uh, and the negative reactions at some point but outside people are not used to you people still have not seen you so you get this that, that's when you get the scared looks the the what is that the the confused looks <clears throat> kids especially you know how kids are very <laughs> very honest mommy he's so white <laughs> and you're like what but but uh but yeah so all kinds of confused looks, all kinds of scared looks. Um, uh, you know, I you know, I don't remember instances, but I remember people's faces when they go, "Oh my god!" or "Oh, what is that?" You know, you can see it in their faces. And uh, yeah,
0: uh, was it worse in Egypt or UAE? <clears throat> I then asked Abdullah during our conversation how he managed to get past the social difficulties of being albino and Egyptian when he moved to the United States.
1: Um, so it took a while, actually. It, uh... <clears throat> so that was part of, like, me being anxious kind of thing, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm usually an extroverted person. I'm, a, I'm more on the extroverted side than the, than the introverted side. And so... And so I was very anxious, because all the attention was on me all the time. And, but I wanted to make friends. And so when I went to the US, it was totally different environment. I hated life here when I first came here. Um, I couldn't connect with anybody. Um, I, <clears throat> I realized also that there was a lot of focus on race here. Um, in cafeterias, all the white people will sit together, all the black people will sit together, all the Mexican people will sit together. Not, I didn't like that either. <laughs> and, I, and, and I didn't like that focus on race. And, um, and, and it took me a while. Um, at first, when I came to school, I had to catch up on school and stuff. So the first year, really, I did nothing but study and, and sleep. And then the second year, um i tried to make friends but it was really minimum it was really at minimum because i didn't know i, I don't really know what people here do or what the humor is like or anything um i started i started life started becoming better for me in junior year of high school uh, which was about two years after i came in <clears throat> and um and I started making more friends, and, and we I started getting the people. Like I said, when you're at school, you get used to the people you're with, and and you kind of they get they get used to you, and you make friends and stuff like that. Uh, but I really was still in that anxious phase. And I and even though it got better for me, you know, junior year of high school and senior year of high school, when I when I got out, I was back at that same anxious kid. Who, who just came to the US, who's albino, who everybody watches him, and he knows that he's being watched and doesn't know, and doesn't know what to do about it. Um, so in the first year of college, that's when I really decided to work on that. And, um, and, and I decided to work on it by improving my interpersonal skills and um, knowing how to have a conversation and practicing that over and over again. And, um, and that's, and that's really when it started being really, that's when, that's when it improved is when I started having conversations and then I went out there and um, with anxiety, people get scared of, of social interactions because they don't want to get rejected. <clears throat> and so I started low first, I started making conversation with like one person Um, And then two people and then, you know, put myself in more awkward situations to get a little bit more comfortable um, with myself and social interactions. And that's really when that's really when it started going up for me, like getting better.
0: To really feel and understand the Arab American way of life and their difficulties, we need to understand the experiences of others. Although Abdullah was not what one would expect when you meet a person from Egypt, he still faced situations that alienated him, not only in his home, but also here, trying to create a new home. Minorities together face issues that push them to the edge of society and essentially takes away from their thoughts and feelings. I would like to thank Abdullah Hassan for joining me on today's episode, and I would truly like to thank all of my listeners for tuning in to today's episode, allowing me to share a unique, topic, and conversation. This is Amro Warayat and you are listening to The Arab American. And please don't forget to leave a comment and a review and let me know what other topics you would like to listen to in the future.